Welcome to Warriors Off Court, the San Francisco Chronicles NBA podcast. I'm your host, Warriors beat writer Connor Letourneau, and I'm joined today by assistant sports editor Janie Hugh and Golden State forward Kevon Looney. So Janie, it's good to be back on the pod. Obviously, uh, obviously we couldn't we didn't end up doing it last week, or I should say we. We didn't end up posting the pod last week. For full disclosure for our listeners, we did a full <laughs> podcast. We had it. We had it good to go. We felt we felt great about it. I think it was one of our better podcasts. But then, you know, this thing happens where uh, in his first game back, Steph Curry, obviously coming back from that tweaked right ankle, uh, ends up hurting his left knee and is now out at least three weeks, looking like he's going to miss the first round of the playoffs. And unfortunately, uh, much of the podcast had to do with his return from the ankle injury, what that meant for the team, all this great analysis. And uh, it was, it was uh, <laughs> pretty moot by the time we were about to get it up on the internet. So, Man. Uh, so let me tell you, that, the listener. Yeah, apologies there. Uh, let me tell you, that was a rough day. Uh, with It was... We had the Giants losing Madison Bumgarner in the morning and then the evening ending with the Warriors losing Stephen Curry again. So for not just Warriors fans, Bay Area fans, oh, and newspaper media folks, it, it was a rough one. <laughs> it, was a, it was a day that will probably live in uh, Bay Area sports infamy for a while. I think it'll, it could go down as one of the worst days in Bay Area sports history depending on what happens going forward. I mean, if Steph is out for a while and hypothetically, if, if they were able to, if the Warriors weren't able to stick around long enough for, for Steph to come back, I think that's a date everyone would look at as not only a turning point in the season, but, you know, a turning point in this franchise, because I, I can only imagine the repercussions that would happen in that scenario, but you know that's a huge what if. That's a huge. Hey, and, uh, that's a huge hypothetical. Absolutely, and let's not forget. Uh, first of all, Curry's been through this before. Warriors fans have been through this before, and if anything, this season has shown that you know you never know which All Star is going to be out. <laughs> yeah, and I and said this a million times, but there's no there's no team in the NBA right now, probably recent NBA history that is better equipped for this type of adversity. And I don't think there's a better player, honestly, who's better equipped to handle this type of thing than Steph. Like you mentioned, he's dealt with this before. He has shown in the past that he can come back from an injury and be operating at a high level in his first game or two back. So, um, you know, best case scenario for this team they're able to get through. The reality is the rest of this regular season doesn't really matter uh, because they already are essentially locked into that number two seed. Uh, so it's just a matter of getting guys healthy the rest of this regular season and then getting through that first round um, and, and getting Steph back for a potential Western Conference semis. Um, and, you know, tonight's kind of, you know, a big night because, Durant is supposed to come back from that rib injury that that he was uh, that he's missed the past six games with. Draymond's supposed to come back from uh, from flu-like symptoms, and then which he missed two games with. 
He missed the game before that with a pelvic contusion. So uh, they're finally starting to get back at full strength. And the, the interesting thing to me going forward is, you know, what are they going to look like without Steph? Are they going to look like that team that they were in December when Steph missed uh, 11 games? They were a pretty gar- darn good team. They went 9-2, and two, beat some really good teams in that stretch. Kevin Durant was absolutely dominant during stretches there. Um, and the reality is when you're missing a guy like Steph Curry, you have to overhaul your approach. Um, you know, their their blueprint in December with Steph out was pretty much slow down the tempo, really rely on your defense because the reality is you're not going to be able to make up what Steph does offensively. And then roll your offense through Kevin Durant, who's a four-time NBA scoring champion, one of the most elite scorers in NBA history. Um, you know, let him do a little bit more ISO, let him dig into his – bag of tricks and, and push the limits of his, you know, creativity, which is not a bad option. So that's what you're not going to see going forward into the playoffs. Right. And let's not forget during that stretch that uh, the, those 11 games that Curry missed, um, we were having conversations on this podcast about Kevin Durant being a potential defensive player of the year candidate. So he, not only was he able to turn it up a notch offensively, but defensively as well. Yeah, there in 10 of those 11 games, he had multiple blocks. He had 10 straight games with multiple blocks, which before that he had never he had never had more than 6. And that was right at the height like you mentioned of the conversation of can Kevin Durant be defensive player of the year. At that time he was playing at a defensive player of the year level. I don't think that he has done enough since then to still be in that conversation. I think he might have an outside shot at all defensive team. Uh, but it's looking like Utah's Rudy Gobert, even though he's missed some time, is probably going to be defensive player of the year. What he's done since coming back from his own injury and what Utah's been able to do um, with him leading leading the pack defensively, I think is enough to warrant you know being the front runner in that conversation. But the interesting thing to me about this is, you know, yes, the Warriors can be an elite team uh, without Steph, and I honestly think that you can make the argument that even if Steph missed more time than the first round, that they could they they could or should be considered the favorites still. But you know, you're you're whoever you face in that first round is going to be a tough matchup. I mean, we obviously have no idea who it's going to be because the bottom of that Western Conference is so bunched right now. But you could face, you know, a Utah team that last I had checked was like 23-4 and in in their past 27 games. You could face a New Orleans team that's playing great basketball without DeMarcus Cousins. You could play a San Antonio team that, you know, is one of the most consistent teams in the past two decades. And obviously there's still an outside chance that Kawhi Leonard could come back. Um, you could face a Minnesota team with a healthy Jimmy Butler, which, you know, there's, there's that core is as good as any core in the league outside of maybe golden state when they're healthy. And then you have, and then you have Oklahoma city, which has obviously already beaten the Warriors twice this season and has the most star power in this league outside of the Warriors. So I'm not to mention a little long running, ish feud there's still some Durant leftovers there 
Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, how interesting would it be hypothetically if, uh, if you have Durant going back to OKC in the first round as the de facto face of the franchise because Steph is out? I mean, that'll be a rabid environment. Oklahoma City is one of the best environments in the league regardless. And with that, with the the high stakes of the, of the playoffs, with the Durant history, I mean, that if you're a fan of the NBA, you might be you might be hoping for that one. Exactly, but Connor, you're exactly right. The the Western Conference, that the way that it's shaken out now, you've got those six seven teams bunched in the uh, let's say the fourth through tenth spot. So we really don't have any idea how that's going to play out. Um, there's only you know, let's see four games separating them. Um, it, it could still swing so many different ways. Uh, uh, Oklahoma City, we just talked about um, all of the other <laughs> intangibles that go with that matchup. San Antonio, it, it's, this, no matter what, they still have the second-best home record in, in the West after Houston, um, you know, despite all their uh, all of their internal troubles seemingly with uh, Kawhi Leonard. Um, you just, it, it's, it's, a, it's a great time to be a basketball fan, I think, and and sit back and, and watch to see how it all unfolds. Yeah, and, you know, it's kind of interesting from a beat writer perspective over the next couple weeks until the playoffs because, you know, I'm going out to these games every every other day and I'm sitting there and, and the reality is I know these games don't matter. So the question is, you know, what do you write when you know the game you're covering doesn't actually matter um and the reality is I, I find myself writing a lot about you know very little about the actual games themselves and writing about okay well you know Steph and you know or you know doing kind of in, short injury updates and and focusing more on the health aspect because that's what the the most important thing is about these games going forward is making sure okay KD's where he wants to be he's looking like the KD of old Draymond is a two-way enforcer the way the way you've come to expect him to be. And then Clay, who's going to be out a little bit longer, looks like he could probably come back maybe as soon as Sunday, but probably sometime next week, um, and that he's, he's finding a rhythm. But I actually think that it's helpful that the Warriors have had, you know, extended time this season without – stuff already they they already have a really good understanding of what they need to look like with him out you know what what works for them and and in terms of you know how they change their offense how how all the dynamics shift both both offensively and defensively and I think that's one issue that that you've seen in in the past couple weeks with so many guys out is like of course you know you're not going to be as good when you're when you're losing your four best players four all-stars or four leading scorers but I think another thing that's hurt them is they just they don't know they didn't know how to adjust because they've never had to deal with something like that okay who who should be our go-to guy now who who should we roll our offense through you know who who should everything be predicated around? So you, there was a lot of uncertainty you could tell when they're out on that court of just them right. not really knowing what to do, which which is completely understandable. Um, and that, I think that's part of why they've 
lost as many games as they have, you know, it's of course, uh, of course, you're just you're you're you have nothing to really go off of when you're down that many guys. But the one, I guess, positive, or uh, there's a couple positives that you can glean from uh, from all these recent absences. One, obviously, is that it's more more rest for your core guys right before you get into the games that matter. And the other is that it was an extended chance for guys, role players to step up, role players to get confidence. And as we know, you know, come the playoffs every single year, they're teams that win the championship. They have role players come up in big moments. You know, Steve Kerr obviously had that in his career with a couple of times with Chicago uh, hitting big shots in playoff games. Patrick McCaw came up big for them last year a couple times. Right. Um, you know, Ian Clark, Mo Spates. In recent in recent years, you know, they're, each of those guys have had their moments. So for the Warriors to do what they want to do come May and June, they're going to need guys like Nick Young, Jordan Bell, Quinn Cook, uh, Kevon Looney to feel emboldened enough to take shots when they need to and to make plays that can help decide games. And so it's been good from that standpoint. Who who during this recent stretch has impressed you? Who stood out to you that, you know, a guy that you didn't necessarily expect a ton from that that uh, impressed you with all these guys out? Uh, I, I think prob- it has to be Quinn Cook. I mean, this is a guy we've heard people talk about, hey, he's a legitimate NBA player. He obviously – he goes way back with – uh, Kevin Durant, but just to see him step in, um, and uh, this is something that actually we talked about in our last podcast that wasn't um, posted, um, is just that it, when when you there, there's such a difference in mentality for um, uh, let's say an NBA player when you're when you know you're going to have a longer leash um, and you can kind of settle into your game, right? You're not going to get the quick hook from the coach when you when you make a mistake or a turnover and whatnot, and Quinn Cook coming in um, with Steph out, I think, has just uh, has shown that he belongs in the league. He's going to be a solid um, backup. He's, you know, it's not. We, there was a lot of talk about whether or not Quinn Cook was going to make the Warriors playoff roster, um, and uh, regardless of that, he's he's played himself onto a team for next season on a guaranteed contract. Right. No, I mean he's obviously who you have to start that conversation with. Um, He's been not only surprisingly good, but he's been essential Um, with, with all these guys out. He's shown that he's not only an NBA player, but he's a better shooter and a better scorer than most players in this league. I mean, he's, he's really elite if given up the opportunity. Uh, He's, he's a phenomenal three point shooter going back to, his days at Duke, he's shot well over 35% th- throughout his career, um, and now he's finally getting the opportunity to to show that, which has been which has been cool. Um, and you know, the the flip side of that, which I know we've talked about before, is they're going to have to cut someone. You know, they're going to have to waive someone to free up that that playoff spot. And with with Steph out now, you know, there was already a lot of speculation about them fi- needing to find a playoff spot for Quinn now with Steph out for at least the first round. I don't even think it's a question. I don't even think it's a debate at this point. They have that. He has to be on that playoff 
uh, Cer- certainly because from a heat standpoint. Absolutely. Sean Livingston can't play those extended minutes at this stage of his career that they're going to need uh, another point guard. Yeah, I mean, they need at least two point guards in that first yeah. round. Um, and the reality is he's going to have already started, you know, several weeks before, and he's going to have a rhythm with that with those other, you know, with those other three all-stars. So, uh, you don't want to mess with that. So the question is, you know, who 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 do they waive? And barring an injury to someone, another injury to someone um, down the stretch of this regular season, it's got to be Omri Caspi, which which is unfortunate for him because, you know, he's shown that he can he can be an asset for this team. He's obviously a great rim cutter. He's he had a really nice December for them. Um, but he's he's had a lot of minor injury setbacks that have made it really difficult for him to find a rhythm and to become a regular part of this rotation. And now, right. at a really critical point in the season, he's injured again. He's got a right ankle sprain where he's missed a handful of games, and they just announced he's going to miss tonight's game as well. So it's just kind of unfortunate for him you know and I know it's bothering him on a personal level it's got to be it's got to be an awkward situation when obviously the team's not necessarily talking to him about it because they don't have to make a decision officially about this until April 10th there's no need to talk to him about it until then but he reads what what's being written he he has Twitter you know he knows what's going on He's, he's a smart guy well, and, so and, and, and let's let's not forget that you actually walked up to him in practice one day and asked him, no? Yeah, we've I mean we've talked about it, um, and I, I asked I was the person who asked him flat out about it in a group setting. Um, Did you put your flak jacket yeah. on for that? <laughs> My what jacket? <laughs> no, like your battle gear on, you know. For the- uh, I mean, the thing is, Omri's a really nice guy, and he's. You know, he's he's done everything right since he's been here. It's, it's and I think when um, when you're in a position as a reporter where you have to report things like this, I think I'm not talking about Omri specifically, but players can kind of see you writing these things and 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 think, why is this guy going after me? Why does this guy want me to lose my job? It's not that I want Omri kicked off this team I, at all. I have no investment at all. I have no bias one way or the other. I just am looking at it objectively, and that's really the only thing that makes sense at this point. You can't, because of uh, a need standpoint and a financial standpoint, it doesn't make sense to cut a guy like uh, a Patrick McCaw or a um, or a Nick Young um, or Jordan Bell. You know, those, those names have been floated around to me in emails and that sort of thing, and you know, it, the, none of those make sense. So it's uh, it's just kind of an unfortunate situation for Omer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can say the, the old adage that, you know, there's never a good time for injuries, but when you're in his position, there are worse times. And it just seems like every time, you know, a, a, an opportunity has kind of opened up, he it, he's gone down too as well. Yeah, and, you know, kind of going back to my original question, there, there were – you know, Quinn Cook was not the only guy that stepped up 
in uh, the past couple of weeks, all these guys out. Another one who's really impressed is um, Kevon Looney, who, as we all know, is a guy who was really injured, uh, had had a serious hip problem his first two seasons in the league, missed a lot of time. And this is really his first season where he's been healthy and able been able to get into a groove. And he's been in and out of the rotation all season, but with all these guys out, he's gotten an extended run. I, I think he's leapfrogged Jordan Bell on the depth chart, and he's shown that he can be a really – versatile defender which is going to be really important come the playoffs especially you know if they get to those western conference finals against a houston you know and he he's a guy who could be a real asset against the rockets guarding a guy like uh clint capella and then switching off ball screens to pick up you know james harden or chris paul he can do all that which which is could be really critical down the line and i actually got the chance to sit down with him after shoot around today and we had a nice conversation about his progress over the past year and everything that's gone into reaching this moment and you know here's our conversation so uh you you've obviously been playing pretty well but what's what's been working for you the past couple of weeks with all these guys are? uh just being more aggressive uh taking uh, my jump shot a little bit more uh attacking open lanes for that opportunity and we've been opening up uh opening up my game for uh, the team's locked in the defense uh, I think maybe your most important skill this season, really as the league trends to more small ball versatile lineups, has been your defensive versatility. Um, a lot of people have talked hypothetically, you know, if, if you guys face Houston and in the Western Conference Finals or something, you could be a guy who's really key because you're one of the few guys who can switch on and guard their guards off screens. How, how, how important to you is the ability to uh, to guard multiple positions? Uh, that's really important to me because uh, that's the way it is for me to get on the floor. But with the team having so much talent, so much depth as a big man, uh, each, each, each of us have a, something that we're pretty good at, so I wanted to lock in on that. We have to switch out on, uh, on the guards to get, uh, get back that way. Yeah, did that become, was that, when did you really start focusing on it? Was it just this past summer that it became kind of a priority for Uh Yes, uh, summer. I've been always been solid on defense, but uh, this summer I decided to be lighter. I wanted to be able to switch out and be able to uh, make an impact that way. Uh, playing at UCLA, there's a lot of guards up there. I was playing with them, you know, trying, trying to hold them in pick and roll and stuff like that. So uh, it was a good test for me, and coming into training camp, I felt good about it. Steve Kerr is probably your biggest fan. I mean, <laughs> throughout the season, even when you're not playing that much, he always goes out of his way to speak highly of you. Seems like he really respects your, your diligence, what you did this, this past summer. How much has that meant to you as a guy who has sporadic playing time at times, knowing that your coach really, you know, believes in you? Uh, he's been great confidence. Uh, he's a great coach. He's been a great NBA player. And, uh, GM, been, uh, he had his, his hand in a lot of things in the NBA, so him to have confidence in him gives me a lot of confidence. And uh, knowing that your coach trusts you out there on the floor gives you that extra boost. So uh, having Steve uh, come talk to me and just communicate with me has been a big help to see. He's, he, he's been in your position in his playing career where he was coming off the bench, didn't know necessarily how much he was going to play. Is this something he's talked to you about much? Uh, yes, actually, yeah. Uh, my, last year, my rookie year, he always told me about. 
uh, it made it a weird, weird, weird thing where uh, you could not play for five games. You might start the five games, you might play again. He told, he told me about a story when he was in uh, Iowa State, but uh, somebody got hurt. He hasn't played the whole season. Somebody got hurt. He ended up with a start the rest of the year. So, uh, NBA, a lot of things happen. You always have to be ready and be professional. That's uh, part of the job. Um, you, I think. Obviously, you didn't have your your third year, your, your next year picked up earlier this season. But has that been something that's on your mind, even in the back of your mind? Like, hey, you know, if I if I had a, a string of good games, you know, I can put my in a, myself in a position to come back next season, or or get a you know multi-year deal with another team. Is that something you think about at all? Uh, not, not as much. I really stay in the moment. In the beginning of the season, I thought about it just because. I know if I'm going to actually play and how things will turn out. But as the season went on, and I, uh, I just kind of put that in the back of my, back of my mind. So I'm going to focus on the disease and playing well and uh, screwing myself. Uh, you know, uh, the first two years was kind of rough for me with injuries and how things shook out. But uh, I knew this year was going to be a better year for me. It's still my body and uh, I just had more confidence in myself. So I, uh, I try to let, let that deal with it. Like, you know, just let it play out, and when the summertime comes, uh, hopefully I'll do enough work for something good for Yeah, when something like that happens, your, your, your option doesn't get picked up. Is the fear that, okay, since I'm, I'm not necessarily, you know, going to be around next season, am I not, not going to be in their plans for this season? Is that, is that the fear of I'm not going to play anymore and I'm not even going to get a chance to prove myself anymore? Uh, yes, uh, when it first happened, that was kind of a, a fear, something that I, I was worried about. Yeah, like I said, we got a lot of uh, depth at the big position, so it could have been easy just to bear me on the bench, and I would have had a chance to really prove myself. But uh, Steve always he told me that your opportunity is going to come. Uh, even if you don't play the first five games, when I push you out there, you show everybody what you can do and make it time to play you. And uh, it's something that stuck in my mind throughout the whole season. And, uh, so uh, when he told me that my opportunity is going to come at some point, uh, it gave me confidence just to stay ready and be ready when you get out there and make sure you uh, show you what you can do. How nice is it just to be healthy? I mean, this is this is your first year where you've legitimately been healthy for an entire season. How how is that felt? Just being able to play every night if you can. Uh, it's been great. Uh, not having to worry about uh, nagging injuries. Not having to worry about getting forward, avoid certain movements. Uh, just going out there, knowing that your body's gonna be able to hold up. It's been like, very confident, confident boost for me, and uh, it's been great. Uh, after all the hard work I put in the summer and all the surgeries and all, it feels like it's actually paying off and I did it for a reason. We're just, uh, just putting my bad luck kind of ran out. Yeah, is that, is that going to be something you, you, you kind of like keep in the front of your mind going into the ensuing off-seasons, you know? Because you, you can really feel the rewards that you're reaping from last summer still. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, going into summer, this is going to be last year, my short, summer was short just because of the injuries a little bit. I had a short summer to work on my body, work on my game. So this summer, we get a full summer, and I'm really excited about that. Uh, the leap I took last year, I think I could take even a bigger leap. So uh, I'm really excited about the summertime, being able to work on my body, work on my game, and try to uh, keep getting better. Did last summer feel kind of like a make or break summer for you? Did it feel like your career was kind of at a crossroads just because of the injuries that you really needed to get the most out of summer to make keep your career back on track? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, after having an injury at the end of the season uh, last year and then uh, coming into the summer league, 
I knew I wasn't quite where I wanted to be, but I thought I was going to be able to have a better summer league. And uh, going in there, I had a allergic reaction, another kind of uh, small injury, and it kind of was devastating for me and my confidence. And uh, uh, that was supposed to be the time I could get to show myself, show everybody what I could do and how much I uh, got better. So but that could go kind of bad. And, uh, Everybody was doubting if I could even be in the NBA anymore. Uh, I knew it was, uh, it was time to work. It was time to really prove myself. But if, I didn't, if it didn't work this time, then it was probably going to be it for me. So uh, I locked in. And I still had confidence in what I could do as a player. And everybody around me had, had confidence in what I could do. So uh, I put in the work and it's been paying off. You have kind of a, I mean, you're obviously very versatile defensively, but you definitely have some old school aspects to your game, especially offensively. Is it, are there any guys from previous eras that you've kind of patterned yourself after or followed growing up? Uh, not really. Uh, I was a fan of Kobe just like everybody else. Uh, but as I got older, uh, and especially when I came to the NBA, I worked I watched a lot of guys like LaMarcus Rodgers, D. West, uh, them guys playing, playing a traditional four spot, uh, hit the 15 footer or something that I knew I could be able to do. I started kind of using me a little bit in college, so them is the two guys I really watch a lot. And, uh, Kevin Love, uh, he's from Minnesota. He's uh, he didn't shoot as many threes, so uh, he was UCLA. So he was a guy I watched too. So uh, there was some of the guys I guess kind of still play old school basketball. And some guys I watch. Being a Milwaukee guy, has it kind of been fun for you to see what's happening with the Bucks? It seems like they're they're heading in the right direction. Obviously, they have a superstar to build around in Giannis. And that's something they've really lacked for a long time. Right. That guy to really build around. Uh, how, how fun has that been for you to watch from afar? It's been, it's been great. Uh, great. Uh, it's been uh, bringing a lot of excitement to the city of Milwaukee. When I go back in the summertime, you see the Bucks uh, everywhere. They, they're in the community. Uh, fans love them. They love Giannis. They love Jabari. They love the team. They got the new arena coming. So uh, the, the Bucks are doing great things for the city of Milwaukee. Uh, me being growing up there, I always look, uh, look at the team, look what they're doing for the community. So. Uh, it's really been fun to see the city uh, change and grow and do to part of the Bucks. Were you were you a Bucks fan? Uh, yeah, I was a Bucks fan. Uh, I was I watched and when I came here to see Andrew Bogut, that's somebody I watched growing up my whole <laughs> life. So it was cool to see him. Uh, Brandon Jennings is back with the Bucks. Uh, watched him growing up. Michael Red, uh, Zaza was there when I was. Uh, so it was a uh, I was a Bucks fan. I watched closely. Uh, we went in the playoffs a lot, but the time we did go to the playoffs was a lot of excitement. Um, obviously, Nick Young's your cousin, right? Right. Yeah. First cousin. First cousin. Yes. And uh, you know, what's it been like this season? You know, being able to spend an entire year with him, and I'm sure you've gotten a lot of quality time with with him. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun because growing up, uh, he grew up in California. I grew up in Milwaukee, so I didn't even see him much. Uh, when he comes to Milwaukee with the NBA team, uh, he would give a stick and I didn't cost him a little bit. But really, uh, getting to come out here, just coming here, getting to really know him, talk to him and just build a better relationship has been a lot of fun. Uh, he's a great guy, a lot of fun on the court and off the court, so uh, just having him around has been a lot of great. Yeah, have you been able to spend a lot of free time with him? And uh, like yeah, we, uh, we, just, we spend a lot of time on, on the road or at home. Uh, you know, as a team, we always are all together all, all the time, so me, the young guys, everybody's together, and uh, we really, uh, just getting to know him has been great. What uh, he, you guys personality-wise seem a bit different. He's yeah. obviously flashy. You're you seem a little bit more low key. Yeah. Uh, what's is it? Is it just because of where you guys grew up, or you know, different different sides of the family? What what, what is? Uh, what, what do you attribute that to? I think it's just the way we grew up. Uh, yeah, this is the way we this is the way we grew up. Cause I'm uh, my, he's similar to my mom. My mom would be more flashy, outspoken, and a lot a lot more fun. So. 
I guess I, I became obviously my mom more like my dad, so uh, so that's the different size of this is where we grew up. Milwaukee's a lot different in LA. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He just a lot cooler than I do, so that's not, we don't dress like that in Milwaukee. Yeah, so. has he, he helped you with your style a little bit? Uh, a little bit. Uh, I, see, uh, I just watched what he wears. You know, he both got uh, with Adidas, so uh, yeah. I see what he wears. I might steal a couple things. Uh, I can't. I don't be as flashy as him, but I might try to incorporate it to my style. Cool, man. Thanks, Kevon. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, man. This show is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Our theme music is Thank You for Playing by Ryan Little, courtesy of the Free Music Archive. The show is produced by me and Fernando Diaz. For more Warriors coverage, you can follow us on Twitter at con underscore cron and at Janie underscore Hugh. Check out all of our coverage at sfchronicle.com. Also, follow us on iTunes, and if you have some time, give us some feedback.